Welcome listeners to the first ever edition of the World is Noisy podcast. I am your host and author of the book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers, Julia Monin. I'm happy to be here with you today. And before we actually dive into section one of the book, which is where we're going to start today, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me. I know that time is one of God's most precious gifts to us, and the fact that you're sharing some of your time to be here with me today means the world. So thank you. I don't want to waste your time, so I'm going to try to keep these podcasts as short as possible, but also as meaty as possible, which is what I was trying to keep each reflection at as well, just short and sweet and to the point. I am kind of a no-nonsense, black and white, let's just get things done type of a person, if you haven't picked that up on what you've read so far in the journal. Um, So anyway, that's what I'm hoping these podcasts can be as well. So before I actually dive into section one, for those of you wondering about the book a little bit, I want to give you just a little bit of background. The World is Noisy, God Whispers are personal reflections from my spiritual journal. In 2013, I, I was far along on my, on my spiritual journey at that point. Um, I had gone through this process of healing, this process of conversion, and things were just starting to make sense to me. And as I was growing spiritually, I just felt like I wanted to start a journal. I heard of people journaling. I thought it seemed like a great idea. So I picked up a journal of my own and just began to write. I had no intentions, no desire, no aspirations at any point in that process to ever turn it into a book. In fact, I had no desires to ever even share it with anyone else. But slowly, 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 but surely God began to unveil to me that it was his will for me to publish my journal and for me to share it with others. So fast forward five years from the first time I picked up my pen and now you're holding my published work in your hands. Certainly it was a journey of ups and downs, a journey of me um, feeling like the Lord was talking to me, but then in a way me not responding right away because I had to overcome a lot of fear in order to do it. But you hear that in the journal, so and you read about that in the journal, so I'm not going to go into a lot of details there. What I really would like these podcasts to be is more of a book study, more of a chance for you and I to kind of get together, for you and I to dive into the sections a little bit more in detail so that, if, so that you can get as much out of this book as is, as is possible, as the Spirit wishes. So we can talk, and I might do, if, if the interest is there and people really want to hear the story, I'm happy to dive into the story of how I felt God was leading me and all of that good stuff. But for now, I just want to dive into each section, one at a time, little by little, just giving a little bit more insight into what was going on behind the scenes. So we're going to start this month with section one. Section one is called, very fittingly, the foundation. I'll warn you, as I was writing, not writing section one, because when I was writing section one, I did not know I was writing a book. But as I was editing the book, and as I was going through each reflection, and as I was putting it down on the, you know, turning it into a manuscript, section one for me was always the least exciting of all the sections in the book. I just felt like those first few sections read a little bit slower they were a little bit took a little bit longer for me to get through and then I felt like after section three or four the book kind of picked up a little bit so I'm just going to warn you section one is not my favorite section of the book but it does lay the foundation and just like when we build a house the foundation is 
likely not the most exciting part of the house, it is probably the most important part of the house because without it, the house can't stand. So the same is true with this. What you'll find, the messages and the insight you'll find in section one really does lay the foundation of your spiritual life and of your spiritual, you know, growing in the spiritual life. That's what I want to talk about today. If you're reading this book and if you're tuning into this podcast, then I'm going to make the assumption that you are making some sort of attempt to grow in your spiritual life. I'm going to assume if you're taking the time to to read this book, to listen to this podcast, then there's a reason for it. So my intention and the same with my the book, my intention with the book is not to just entertain you. It's to actually inspire you to look within. I one of the things that I kept being reminded of when I was putting this book together is there's a lot of authors who will just take the approach of do what I did and you'll get what I got. Here's a how-to, step-by-step instructions of how to progress in the spiritual life. First of all, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I've read a lot of books that are like that on my spiritual journey, and they have been incredibly helpful. But I got to a point in my own journey where I just got tired of the how-to books. And I just thought, well, for one, I'm stubborn and I don't like to be told what to do. So reading a how-to book is somebody saying, this is what you need to do. And I just got to a point where those, those types of books weren't lighting my fire anymore. In fact, they were kind of just aggravating me because I just, I wanted to, I wanted to think for myself, I guess is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to think for myself. So one thing with my book is, as I'm hopeful that that is what this does, I'm hoping it doesn't read like, here's what I did, and if you do this, then you'll get these results because it's just that simple. I hope it doesn't read like that. Um, and with this, the same with this podcast, I hope this podcast doesn't come across like that because the spirit works in each of us and in different ways. We all kind of speak different languages. So I can't be prideful enough to assume that what has spoken to me and what worked for me is going to work for you. So anyhow, take what you take from this, take what the spirit is, is touching you with and go from there, you know, think it out. Um, And remember that, that this isn't a do what I did and you'll get what I got type of a thing. This is just we're learning and growing from one another. I don't have it all figured out. I am nowhere close to having it all figured out. I have way more questions than I have answers, but we can maybe just help each other out. And in fact, when I was working with somebody who was encouraging me along the way to actually publish this book, that was kind of how he put it. He's like, you've got these things going on in prayer. You've got these insights that are coming to mind. Just let people listen in on them. Maybe maybe it'll be helpful. Maybe it won't. But just let people listen in on them. And that's kind of the idea with this. You're just, I'm letting you listen in on my on my prayer or on my spiritual life. Anyhow, I got off topic there. Section one, the foundation of it all. You can read through this book. First of all, you could read through this book a number of ways. One, you can just read it like you would read an autobiography because it does tell the story of my life and it does show things unfolding and at the end it even leaves you on kind of a cliffhanger. Like I just have this epiphany at the end of this this book where it's like, oh my gosh, everything just came together. So you could read it like an autobiography, certainly. You can also just read it like a spiritual aid. So you look at each reflection and you take it one day at a time or maybe even slower than that and you read the reflection, you pray with the scripture at the end, and you just say, what's God saying to me through this reflection today? Or or what am I working on today? But if you are really, and I use this word 
in a very nice way. If you're really nerdy, like me, you can dive into this book and you can say, what is really hidden behind all this? Because there is stuff hidden behind all of this. And not intentionally. I didn't intentionally hide stuff from you. It's just the way that it reads. There's a story within a story within a story within this book. And the themes that I found when I was rereading section one, preparing to have this discussion with you today, I found some, some general themes about the foundation of the spiritual life. And it's not spelled out in each reflection. You kind of have to dig a little bit deeper, but these are the themes that I came up with. And I just want to talk a little bit about those today. The first theme, of course, to growing in your spiritual life, to making any type of change in your spiritual life, the first thing you got to do, you got to show up right you gotta just there's got to be a beginning there's got to be a start you have to show up which is what we found at the beginning of this this is how it all starts right it's all about a new beginning behold i am doing something new do you not perceive it we read about that in scripture and this is this is the start you have to show up every day right so that's step one begin show up we read about that in the first very first reflection new beginnings the next step what's really what's really instrumental in your spiritual life, reflect on where you've come from and reflect on where you like to go, right? Invite God in to not only your future, but invite him into your past. Think about, think about your journey. Think about where you've come from. Think about where you'd like to go. Think about where maybe God's calling you to go. Take time to think about what you're thinking about. That's very, very powerful. And that is mentioned in one of these reflections as well in these open chapter in this opening section think about what you're thinking about it's easy to just go through your day going through the motions because life is so so busy and so so chaotic but when you take the time to think about what you're thinking about to reflect on what it is God is doing in your life to think about what what's happening around you what your kids are saying to you how God might be speaking to you through your children or how God might be speaking to you through the people around you when you take the time to think about what you're thinking about, that is really when things will start to change because your eyes will start to be opening, just your eyes will start to open little by little by little. You'll start to see God at work in your life. And that's when things really start to take a turn for the better, a turn for the better. So we're thinking about what we're thinking about. And then a theme that we touch on really early on in this section is, of course, we need some help along the matter. And as a practicing Catholic, one of the greatest helpers that I have found in my spiritual journey is simply the Blessed Mother. I love going to the Blessed Mother. She has been instrumental in my spiritual life. In fact, I, I attribute the miraculous transformation, conversion that I've gone through to the Blessed Mother's intercession. So if you're serious about making changes in your life, my advice, invite the Blessed Mother in. Invite her into your heart. Invite her into your family. Invite her into your home. And there's ways you can do that through Marian consecration, certainly. But if you're not ready to take it that seriously just yet, that's okay. Mary knows where you're at. She'll meet you right where you're at. So invite Mary into your life. Another theme that we kind of pick up in this section, ask better questions. Are you asking good questions? Or are you just going through the motions of your day? If you really want something to change, if you really want to know what it is you're here to do for God and how to serve him better and how to love him more, then start asking better questions, right? And one of the questions we talk about is in, is in reflection number six, which is titled the question, right? That's kind of the question. God, 
what do you want me to do? When our prayer goes from, God, here's what I want. I would like X, Y, Z. I want all of these things to happen. Here's my plan. Okay, it, come along for the ride if you dare. To all of a sudden you take a step back and you go, I trust you. What do you want for me? That's a big change in your spiritual life. So that's kind of where God is calling all of us to get to a point where we can finally say, God, what do you want me to do? Another theme that you're going to hear, not just in this section, it's going to come up a lot, but in this section is if you're really serious about making changes, you really want to amp up your spiritual life, you really feel like God is calling you to more, then you better be determined to make some changes because it's not easy. The truth of the matter is, is that sainthood, which is God's dream for all of us to become saints, to live in heaven with him for eternity, if we want to obtain that, if we want to get to that point, it takes a lot of work. Yes, we have to rely solely on the grace of God. This is a gift from God. Everything is a gift from God, but it takes us being a part of it. And it takes a lot of determination and a lot of perseverance. There are a lot of obstacles that come up along the way. And you can read in Ephesians about how our battle is not with flesh, but with evil spirits. I mean, not only are we up against ourselves and just the weakness of being a human, but we're up against the evil spirits as well who are trying to hold us back, who, are, who, who would love nothing else than for us not to grow in our relationships with Christ. So we have to remember we're, we're up for it and it's not going to be an easy, easy ride. There's going to be obstacles that arrive, that arise. There's going to be just trials and tribulations and tests that come up along the way and we have just got to be determined. On the flip side of that, another theme we hear about is don't forget who's in charge. Like, don't let the fact that we are up against all of those things make you lose your hope. We should be people of hope, and we should believe that God is bigger than all of this, and that if God has put it on our heart to make some changes, then God can certainly bring us to the point where the, that change is possible. So you can read about that in the eighth um, reflection, Impossible Possibilities, right? It is possible to change. God can change us. So don't get, don't let yourself get beat up with the fact that this isn't, I'm never going to get there. It's little by little, step by step, and God certainly can and will get you there. You just have to be determined. So know that it's possible. Learn to trust in God. How many reflections does that theme come up, right? Just trust in God. Why does it come up so much? First of all, let's talk about that. Why does that theme of trust come up in like almost every other reflection that I ever write about? Not only in this section, but in the other nine sections that come to follow and that are continued in every journal entry I've written since this time. Why do I keep talking about trust? Because it's not easy. Because <laughs> I have in no way mastered this thing of trust. It's like the simplest thing to understand. Yes, we should trust God. Yes, he is our loving father. Yes, he is love. Yes, he is mercy. I should just trust on him like, like a young child trusts in his or her parents, right? It's, so, it's such a simple concept, but it is the hardest thing to live out because we're, we, from the time we're growing, we're taught to be independent people, right? We're taught to, to learn how to take care of ourselves and to learn how to get through our days on our own. So we learn to be independent, which is a good thing. But the call of God and the call of Christ is that we have our complete dependence on Him. 
that everything we're doing, everything we're thinking, everything we're going through is all dependent upon God and that thing that we call divine providence, right? That God has all of this worked out in his plan for us. So why does the theme of trust come up over and over and over again? Because I have not mastered it and I need to keep reminding myself that that's, that really kind of is the foundation, right? That we become God's children, completely trusting in his providence and in his plans for us. So that keeps coming up in almost every other reflection that's in this section. Another thing that comes up, another theme in this, if we want to make changes in our life, if we're trying to grow in our spiritual life, if we're trying to become closer to God, you need to start paying attention. You need to start listening. You need to take time to step outside of yourself, to step outside of the busyness of your life, to take a look from the outside in and to say, what is God saying to me through all of this? Hence the title of the book, right? The world is noisy, God whispers. God is speaking to you all throughout your day. From the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, he's constantly at work in your life, constantly trying to get your attention. But we have to tune in. We have to tune into his voice. Because if not, we just go through our days one after the next after the next, crossing things off our list, running from appointment to appointment, from picking up the kids, dropping them off, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it never ends. So until you take the time to take a step back, to pay attention, to do a little bit of reflection, to listen to the voice of God, chances are you're not going to hear it. Now, there are people, like we can talk about St. Paul. Think about his conversion. Here he is doing what he thinks is good and holy, right? persecuting these Christians who, in his mind, seem like they're opposing God by opposing the Jewish religion. So he's persecuting them and killing them, right? And then one day while he's on his way to do this, he just gets knocked off his horse, right? He just gets knocked off his horse and all of a sudden things just, you know, everything starts to change for him in that instant. For some of us, God might just come into your life and just knock you off your horse. I'm not saying that can't happen. It certainly can. But for most of us, it happens really, really slowly over the course of our lives that God begins to wake us up, spiritually speaking. So we begin to tune in. We begin to pay attention. We begin to listen. And that's where that thing comes from. You begin to think about what you're thinking about, right? Because thoughts have to be coming from somewhere. Thoughts have to be coming from somewhere. Sometimes they are coming from you. They're coming from the depths of your soul, from the, the center of your heart. Thoughts are coming from you. There's also times thoughts are coming from God. They're coming from the Holy Spirit. Have you ever had those moments where something pops in your head and you're like, where did that come from? Right? Because it's a good and a holy thing. And that is God speaking to you. There's also times when your thoughts, <laughs> you can have the flip side of that, right? Where something really mean and nasty or just really off topic pops in your head and you think, where did that come from, right? Uh, probably came from the evil one, right? So you have to start thinking about what you're thinking about and recognizing that thoughts have to be coming from somewhere. And if you can start categorizing those thoughts, you'll start to be led into this, this deeper peace that Christ is calling all of us into, right? This freedom and this peace to just be his child, okay? So think about what you're thinking about, pay attention, listen to what's happening around you. Another theme, setting yourself up to win. If you really want to make changes, if you really feel like God is calling you to something more, to something deeper, then set yourselves up to win. What do I mean by that? 
one, there's one theme we talk about that comes up in the Reflection 12, Sweet Smelling Roses. Surround yourself with people who are going to support you. Surround yourself with people who are even further along on their spiritual journeys than what you are. Why? Because they'll push you to want to do more, right? Surround yourself with goodness, with truth, with honesty, and you'll start to smell like those people around you, right? If you run with skunk, sooner or later, later you'll start to smell like them. That's what I took from that. So surround yourselves with people who will support you. Set yourself up to win. Another thing with setting yourself up to win, be grateful. Have an attitude of gratitude, right? We have that just in this, in this section with that moment of thanks. Take many, many moments to just thank God. Thank God for where you're at on your journey now, even if you're nowhere close to where you would like to be or to where you feel like God is calling you to be. And don't beat yourself up along the journey. We read about that in self, the reflection self-condemnation. Don't beat yourself up, right? God loves you right where you're at. And he is just calling you one step along the way. So don't beat yourself up. Celebrate your wins, okay? Don't get hung up on the losses. We all have them. Don't get hung up on your sins, okay? Know that God is bigger than all of it and take one step at a time. Also, know what you're up against, okay? I'm not saying that we should give the evil spirits lurking around us all the attention. We should not. But it would be foolish of us to pretend that we're not up against evil because we are up against evil. And there are forces in this world trying their hardest to hold us back, okay? So know that you're up against that and know that evil exists. Be on guard. None of us are immune to the evil that exists around us. Even the greatest of saints who are living in this union of God, who are living in this heaven on earth, are not immune to the evil forces that are in this world. So don't be not so naive to think that you can't be drawn away or that that there are evil forces trying to hold you back. So be prepared for battles and know what you're up against. Lastly, setting yourself up to win. What's something else I took from this? Remember the why. Remember why you're doing this. Remember why it's important. That's Reflection 26 where we talk about the why. Sometimes we can get caught up in the what's and then the how's. Here's what I'm doing and here's how I'm going to do it. And that'll get you so far. It really will. But if you lose sight of the why, if you lose sight of why you're doing this to begin with, then you'll start to lose some of your clarity. You'll start to lose some of your motivation. Things will just become muddied. When I was, I was working with a graphic designer who put together the cover of my book and helped me put together the website, when we were working on the website, one of the things she said to me was, I need your, I need your why. I need your mission statement. I need, I need to put that on the site somewhere so that when someone is drawn to that, they know what you're all about. And at that point, um, when she asked me for that, the book had already been published and I was just busy just trying to get the word out there. And I thought, it just, it took me aback when she asked me that, like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that in a while. What is my why? Why did I ever do this to begin with? And it's, it was just really powerful for me for reflection to sit back on that. So take time often to think about the why, the whys in your life and, and where you're at right now and the why that's laying the foundation for that. This section ends with a reflection 
called a restful heart, which takes its inspiration from St. Augustine's favorite or very famous quote, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. That's my last little theme I took from this is just learning how to rest in God, learning how to take time to rest like a child resting in his mother's arms, crawling up on the Lord's lap, taking a seat and just resting in his presence, right? Easier said than done, I know. In fact, I can remember when I was first trying to make prayer a priority in my life, when I first was like, okay, I'm, I'm actually gonna take time to pray every day. First of all, one of the obstacles I had to overcome was there's, there were always a million other, a million other things I could have been doing. Um, there were a million excuses not to do it. So that was just overcoming that, being determined and disciplined enough to make myself sit down every day. That was hard enough. But then once I did sit down, you know, at first you don't really get a lot out of your prayer maybe. It just feels like, ah, I didn't really get anything out of that. I don't know, I'm sitting, but I don't really think anybody's listening or I'm not hearing anything from God. So that was a struggle too. Um, but you know what else is hard is just to rest. If somebody says, well, just rest and sit there and don't, don't think about anything and just rest like, you know, like God is holding you in his arms. That is really hard. It's hard to slow your mind down enough to, to do that, to just rest. So the spiritual life and growing in prayer and growing in our relationship with God is just like anything else in life. It takes practice, right? If you want to be good at something, you're going to need to practice it. You're going to need to, what, what was the start of all this? What, what was the beginning? You're going to need to show up. You're going to need to have a little discipline along the way. And you're just going to need to keep trying. And you're going to need to trust that God wants you to grow in your spiritual life. He wants you to grow. So he's going to lead you there and trust that the Spirit is going to take you where you need to go. Okay? So those were just some themes that came up to me as I was rereading this section, as I was taking a look at this. So hopefully maybe that offered you some insight that maybe you weren't getting by reading on your own. I want to encourage you to, as you're reading this book at any point, if you have a question or if I say something in the book that doesn't make sense, or if I say something that makes a lot of sense and you just want to talk about that, please reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. The best way to reach out to me is just via my email, which is juliamonin at gmail.com. So you can send me your thoughts, your questions, your feedback at any moment, and we can have conversations about that then at that point. And it might be something that I can bring up on future podcasts as well. So feel free to reach out to me. Um, another thing I want, I want to talk about, are, as I'm, at least in this podcast, is I want to just talk to you about what I really felt like was my favorite reflection in this section. So this was kind of a longer section compared to the book. There were 28 reflections in this section, um, which is a lot. Some of the other ones have much fewer than that. But one of my favorites from this section is reflection number 18, which is called loving more, right? And that's kind of where I want to end this podcast today is by taking a look at that reflection and sitting with that for a little bit. So I'm going to turn to page 33 of my book and we're going to read from the reflection number 18, Loving More. I have become so much removed from the girl of my past that although I will never forget where I came from, I often forget how miserable the darkness is. 
Today, however, I was reminded of this misery because the past few nights I have had dreams in which this girl from my past showed herself again. Dreams in which I fell into old habits. Dreams in which I was not acting in ways that are consistent with the life of one living in the light. In these dreams, I found myself being tempted in the same ways I used to be. And in these dreams, I gave in to these temptations. Look, I know that dreams are dreams, but in the midst of them, they seem real. And that is why I woke up this morning in a panic. I, you see, was having flashbacks of my past self. This self that I have worked so hard to let go of. In an instant, I found myself tempted to let the guilt and shame back in. In an instant, I could feel the evil around me trying to get me to go back into hiding, trying to get me to go back into the darkness. The questions I had been tormented with for years began to re replay themselves in my head. How could you? That nagging voice inside kept saying, trying to belittle me. Who do you think you are? Look at all you've done. Look at how disgusting and sinful you are. You will never be free from these things. Never. You will never be able to undo what you have done. You might as well give up, it continued. You're as good as finished anyway. It didn't take long for me to realize these thoughts were not coming from God. Yeah, it didn't take long for me to realize I was being attacked by the evil one. This evil was desperately trying to scare me into turning around. It was desperately trying to scare me into running back into the darkness. The problem for it, though, is I'm onto it. Yes, though its tactics worked on me for years, I'm not so quick to be fooled now. No, now I know the truth. I know God cares more about where I'm going than about what I've done. I know my sins died with Christ, and that is why I refused to take the bait. In the midst of the tormenting, I remained calm, took a deep breath, and centered my mind and heart back on my Savior. I stopped dialoguing with the devil and started conversing with Christ, and eventually the evil fled. As it did, I once again heard Christ's whisper calling me back. Yes, he gently called out, comforting me in my affliction. Yes, you have made some mistakes, but I died to erase those mistakes. They no longer exist. I repeat, they no longer exist. Don't be fooled by the lies of the enemy. Remember, your past does not define you. Besides, look at the good our Father is bringing out of this. Look at how he's straightening your crooked lines. As crazy as it sounds, this was all worked into his plan. Yes, even your sin. Your massive conversion would not have been possible without your massive fall. For, as you know, the one whose larger debt is forgiven loves more. You see, my beloved, your many sins have been forgiven, and that is why you are filled with such great love. Yes, that is why you know what love really is. So don't be fooled. Instead, go in peace. Your faith has saved you. And so, go in peace, I shall. That, like I mentioned, is one of my most favorite reflections in this entire section. Kind of sums up what we've talked about today. It sums up taking time to look back on who you were and looking forward on who God is calling you to be. 
it sums up knowing that we're up against evil spirits, that there's, there's a force in this world out to get us that doesn't like us, that would love nothing more than for us to feed on those negative thoughts that are run through our mind. It sums up that it's important to think about what you're thinking about, taking time to recognize that still, small, calming voice that is God's in the center of our being, right? And to just ignoring the nonsense of the evil one that's trying to torment us and tell us what terrible people we are, right? The last thing I want to close on is just the scripture, one of the scripture verses that I end this reflection with, and that is from Luke chapter 7, verse 36 through 50. I'm going to read that to you now. A Pharisee invited him to dine with him, and he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined a table. Now there was a sinful woman in the city who learned that he was at table in the house of the Pharisee. Bringing an alabaster flask of ointment, she stood behind him at his feet weeping and began to bathe his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and anointed them with the ointment. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus said to him in reply, Simon, I have something to say to you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people were in debt to a certain creditor. One owed 500 days wages and the other owed 50. Since they were unable to repay the debt, he forgave it for both. Which of them will love him more? Simon said in reply, the one I suppose whose larger debt was forgiven. He said to him, you have judged rightly. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? When I entered your house, you did not give me water for my feet, but she has bathed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but she has not ceased kissing my feet since the time I entered. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with ointment. So I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. Hence, she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. He said to her, your sins are forgiven. The others at table said to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? But he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. For those of you who don't know, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. <laughs> if you've just known me through reading this book, you hear about my struggle in this section or in this volume of my writings about my struggle with infertility and my, my husband and I longing for children in our life and the Lord asking us to wait and us going through the emotions of that. So if you don't know and you've only known me through this book, then you might not know that in December of 2017, the Lord answered our many, many years of prayers and he did bless us with the son. So as I've been holding my newborn son in my arms these past few months, I have been replaying what I'm sure every parent, you, you, want, you don't want your kids to have to suffer. You want them to just know what they need to know and not have to go through the struggles. And I was sitting in prayer one morning, holding my newborn son as he was sleeping. I remember asking God, I hope he doesn't have to go through what I had to go through. 
I hope he doesn't have to fall so hard in order to learn what I had to learn. I'm tearing up even telling you this. I hope he doesn't have to fall so hard in order to learn what I had to learn. I hope he doesn't have to go through that pain, through that suffering. I hope he just knows how much he is loved, how much he is forgiven, and how good you really are from the very beginning. And God, of course, in his wisdom, reminded me of this scripture passage. Which of them will love him more? And God asked me that day in prayer, what would you rather have for him? <laughs> would you rather him have a heart that doesn't know love the way you don't know love, the, or the way, let me start over. Would you rather him not know the love that you know, or would you rather him know the love that you know, but have to fall in order to get there? It was one of those questions. And I thought in my prayer and I responded to the Lord, well, I don't want, I want both. I want him to not have to fall the way that I fell, but I want him to know the love that I know. And what I was feeling from God that day was, uh, that's not possible. <laughs> so my response to him was, of course I want him to know the love that I know. Because it far outweighs any suffering that I've gone through in my life or any fall that I've had in my life. So of course I want him to know the love that I know. But what I told God in prayer that day is if he's going to suffer the way I suffered, if he's going to fall as hard as I fell to learn what I had to learn, then you are going to have to give me the grace to watch him do it. And then immediately, I'm crying again, I immediately think of the Blessed Mother standing at the foot of the cross, looking up at her son being tortured and dying for us. So I told God in prayer that day, if that's what you want for me, you have to give me that grace. <laughs> the grace you gave the Blessed Mother to stand at the foot of your cross as you died. So we'll see what the Lord has in store for my little boy. <laughs> but I trust that if suffering is in his path, in his future, and let's be honest, suffering is in all of our futures, okay? None of us are getting away from it. Then I trust that God will give me the grace to stand by as he goes through it. So that is what I want to end with this month on this podcast. Again, as I opened up Time is one of the greatest gifts that God gives us. And if you have spent some of your time with me on this podcast, or if you're spending your time reading through this book, then I thank you. There's no other greater gift that you could give me than just spending a little bit of time with me. Until we meet again, remember, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, you can always reach me via email at juliamonin at gmail.com. Until then, know that you are in my prayers, and I ask you to keep me in yours as well. And I'm going to conclude with the prayer that I have written at the bottom of that reflection I just read. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Lord, for all of the blessings you have given me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me, for forgiving me, and for saving me. I love you, my dear Savior, my brother, my friend. I love you, and though you tell me it's impossible, I will always love you more. I love you, I thank you, I praise you.